the importance of everything being shared. And I'll say this and I'll continue to say this. This is transitional revelation. This is not revelation to transition us into a place. It is revelation to tell us the place we've already been transitioned into. But the key in being able to experience where you are is being aware of where you are. To the degree you acknowledge it is to the degree you'll be aware of it. To the degree you are aware of it, to that degree you'll be able to experience it. Amen? You're in a glorious, come on, we're in a glorious place. We're in a place of complete victory. Amen? And we are overcomers. And so, you know, just, I want to remain in that vein and I want to continue to remind you of those things and the imperative nature of, of of keeping that in your remembrance amen that we steward what God has given us by faith amen by faith Hebrews chapter 12 I want to revisit there and kind of continue what I could not finish on Sunday and the Lord kind of you know took me some places this week as I as I was you know just fellowshipping with him out of this and so uh, we'll start with Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 26. Glory be to God. Um, we dealt with this last week. It, it says here, um, whose voice, verse 26, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised saying, yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven and this word yet once more signifying signify the removing of those things that are shaken as of the things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken may remain wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Everybody see that? Go to 1 John chapter 5, verse number 4. Thank you, Jesus. 1 John chapter 5, verse number 4. And I'm going to take my time with this. Uh, a lot of important things to say. I probably won't even cover everything. 1 John chapter 5, verse number 4. Look at this, so profound. For whatsoever is born of God, everybody say overcome. Overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcome. Everybody say overcome. The world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? That is he that came. This is he that came, listen, by water and blood out of his belly, right? Even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that beareth witness, God, because the spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth. The spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he testified of his son. 
he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. You see that? Go to Revelation chapter 3. And we're going to park after this. Revelation chapter 3, verse number 12. Him that overcometh. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. Verse 13, very, very key verse. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto. It's, it's so important that we understand when Jesus, when God is pinning this, he is not pinning this for everybody. He's only pinning this for those who have an ear to hear. He understands there's a whole bunch of ears that will listen, never hear it. But yet and still, it doesn't alter the fact that he's only going to pin it to those who have an ear to hear. Y'all got to understand that, that God never preaches for everybody. He only has a specific audience that can hear. Amen. He'll never make the message where everybody will hear it. God won't adjust it and make it where it relates to everybody. And it, it, uh, he doesn't do that. He that hath an ear, let him hear. And if he doesn't, guess what? I ain't changing Revelation 3 verse. He that hath an ear, let him hear. That's so key that we understand that. Um, and I'm going to go back to this and then we're going to to uh, deal with a couple things that I think that are so profound. First John chapter 5, I'm going to go back to this verse number 4. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. I want to deal with you from the standpoint, I believe that our assignment in this question or, or, or the question that I would put to the topic of this message is, can I get a witness? He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. But I want to deal with the topic, can I get a witness? Father, we just thank you and we bless you now that you speak very, very, very uh, poignantly sharp, that you would release awakening. I thank you, Lord God, for something that would cause light to shine in dark places, illumination, understanding. Oh, Lord God, that there would be an awakening in the hearts and the minds of your people right now in Jesus' name. And God's people said amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house of God. I want to refer first and foremost back to 1 John 5 and 10. And I'm just going to take my time with this. It's so, so powerful. 1 John chapter 5, verse number 10. Listen to what it says. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. We are to have a witness within us. Uh, we are to, do you know that that word witness is the same Greek word martyreo for good report? That we, we just dealt with a good report on Sunday. It is the same Greek word. It means to testify. We are to have a witness 
a good report in ourselves. And, but we're going to take it a step further from that. But I just need you to understand this connection. Now, if you look at verse, why is that so important? Verse number eight is so, so powerful. And I, I hope that I can bring some type of understanding to this verse. In 1 John chapter 5, the Bible says, and there are three that bear witness in the earth. There are three that bear witness in the earth. There are three that bear witness in the earth. We, we have this treasure in earthen vessel he's not talking about three witnesses in the natural earth he's talking about three witnesses in the earth called man amen and there are three there are three that bear witness in earth everybody following what i'm saying the spirit the water and the blood what is the blood the blood is the witness of the finished work of god amen there's three witnesses, they always agree that if we are indeed born of God and we have the witness in us, number one, the blood testifies the finished work. Number two, the spirit testifies by the continual leading, continually leading us. Those who are led by the spirit of God are the what? Sons of God. Now, the finished work of the blood and the continual leading of the spirit, two witnesses, bear witness of the water, the third witness, within myself. I want to deal specifically with the witness of the water because the witness of the blood and the leading of the spirit has a lot to do with the witness of the water. That's the one I really want to deal with. So we have a witness within us. We have a witness of the water through the finished work of the blood and the continual leading of the spirit. These three witnesses in the earth and they agree, the blood, the spirit, and the water. Everybody following what I'm saying? So the witness of the water, what is that? The witness of the water is validation of worship citizenship. If you have the witness in the water in you, you're a citizen, you're a worship citizen. Amen. Well, pastor, how can you say that? All we got to do is clock John 4 and 14. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, follow me, springing up into everlasting life. Verse 23, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth for the Father seeketh such to worship him. The witness of the water is our worship citizenship amen I shall give you living water and you shall not worship on a mountain or at Jacob's well but you shall be a true worshiper that worships me in spirit and in truth all those that truly believe on the son are given the witness of the water amen you have the if you really believe on the son and you've been born again you have a witness within you of the water what does water do water refreshes that that's an individual when you have the witness of the water in you when you hear truth come on spirit, worship me in spirit and in truth when you hear truth it's to them like drinking water when you have the witness of the water when you hear truth you just drunk a 
a cold glass of water after walking through a dry desert. It provides new energy. It, it reinvigorates you. It, it cheers you. It exhilarates you. It freshens you. It rejuvenates you. It reanimates you. It replenishes you. It revives you and stimulates you when you hear truth. This happens to any anytime you hear truth, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, if the witness of the word is in you, when you hear truth, it's like refreshing water. Truth is like water to the one who truly believes in Jesus. It's the witness of the water within them. Please hear what I'm saying. Amen. Because I know this is new ground we've never covered before, but I got to be able to teach this. They These are individuals that can't hear truth without being energized. They can't hear truth without being replenished, reinvigorated, reanimated, revived, or stimulated. Spirit and truth. The witness of water is when that truth doesn't even necessarily, watch this, have anything to do with my circumstance, issue, or challenge, but because it's truth, I'm refreshed, reinvigorated, and energized. No, I'm struggling in my finances, and the word didn't have nothing to do with my finances, but because it was truth, I feel life. I have problems in my marriage, but and the word had nothing to do with my marriage, but it was truth, and it made me live. It rose something up on the inside of me. That's when you have the witness of the water, when you can get truth that has nothing to do with an unsolved circumstance, but you feel liberty, energy, strength, vibrance, and a desire to walk with God. So, 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 so this is what I need you to, it, 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 it ain't even a word that has anything to do with your things getting better in your life. It, it ain't even a word that has anything to do with God turning it around, uh, but it simply is truth. And I cannot hear truth without feeling like jumping over a building. I cannot hear truth without feeling like blessing the Lord. I cannot hear truth without knowing I shall live and not die. The witness of the water, I'm trying to help you understand it because there are very few in the church that have the witness of the water. The witness of the water is when we can be refreshed by general truth completely separate from an unsolved circumstance. Y'all follow what I'm saying? I'm going to say it again. The witness of the water is when we can be refreshed by general truth completely separate from unsolved circumstance. My marriage may be challenged. My finances are still shaky. But when I hear truth, there's something in me that tells me, even if it doesn't address my marriage nor my finances, that I'm going to live and not die. It is a witness. It is witnessing to me that I have now been born of God and I have a life source outside of the solving of secular issues it is a witness that I've truly been born again because even though I have challenges in the world I'm getting a word not on the topic of my challenge yet in still it's giving me life to walk in victory through my challenges it is the witness of the word in somebody's life who now has the witness of the blood and the witness of the spirit when you have now truly tapped into the finished work of the blood and you're being led by the spirit 
that word ain't even got to be in the zip code of your challenge. But if that word is truth, there's something in you that rises up and says, I can run. There's something in you that rises up and says, I'm going to overcome. I'm going to keep living. I'm excited because I heard truth. This is so key in, in me teaching you this. When you don't have the witness of the water, you demand a word concerning your circumstance, not necessarily truth. I really don't want to hear truth. I want you to tell me what can I do to fix what I'm dealing with. When you do, I'm going to say that again because it's so key. Because we have misunderstood the purpose of the church, and I'm going to show it to you in a minute. It is the pillar and ground of truth. When you don't have the witness of the water, you demand a word concerning your circumstance, not necessarily truth. The problem is we're freed by truth, not circumstantial preaching. Right. I'm going to say that again. The problem is, do you understand? I could preach to you about your circumstance and you're still bound. Because preaching about your circumstance can't free you, only truth can. Uh, y'all hear And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Uh, solving your problem don't make you free. It is a truth probably that ain't got nothing to do with your problem that's actually going to make you free. We must begin to discern the difference between being freed and feeling better. Right. Uh, we don't, we have lost the discernment to understand the difference between being freed and, and feeling better. What the modern church calls breakthrough isn't breakthrough because if it was breakthrough, you wouldn't need it on a regular basis. You would have broke through and never had to go through that anymore. Obviously, what you experienced really wasn't breakthrough. You just felt better. Glory be to God. And we have mistaken relief uh, in religion for freedom through the spirit. So what we, what we have referred to as people getting freed is actually people feeling better because the church has been seduced into preaching to people's circumstance instead of preaching truth. No matter where you're at right now, the word that you need, you're hearing, not what you're going through. So we've, we've been minimized into putting on shows. That's why we put so much pressure on the praise team to hit all their notes. We put so much pressure on the choirs to make sure they dress match. Make sure you put on a good show. Make sure everything is done in excellence. What you're really saying is we got to make sure we put on a show to actually be a painkiller for a people that are not free. So at least for two hours, they cannot feel the pain that they're going to have to go back into because because what we're doing ain't going to free them no way. When our, our destiny is not to make people feel good for a moment. When our destiny is to release freedom that lasts a lifetime. So, so now this is what we got to understand. Circumstantial preaching disqualifies the hearer from ever being a witness or having the witness of the water. A lot of people leave church and hear straight truth and aren't excited the least bit. Don't remember nothing that's preached because the witness of the water ain't in it. I don't care what I'm doing. I don't care where I'm at. I could be in a grocery store. If I mess around and start hearing somebody preach and it's truth, something in me kicks in. And I say, what in the world is this man talking about over here? What in the world is happening? There's something that causes something in you to jump when you hear truth and say, and you put everything else on hold because there is a witness 
of the water. They can never be a witness to the power of a truth that can free them in spite of the fact that it is not trying to even address their circumstance. Do you understand that the word can free you while it's preaching other topics? The word ain't even about you and can free you. Y'all know that, right? Ask the woman with the issue of blood. Okay. Uh, it, it, the word wasn't even after her. It wasn't even for her. Glory be to God. But she touched the hem of his garment. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Ask the Seraphonician woman that said even the dogs, y'all hear me, eat crumbs from the master's table to know whether or not if the word was sent to you, if you would just... Truth can free you no matter what your circumstance. And it ain't got to talk about it. Watch this. So the true worshiper isn't the worshiper that gets a breakthrough when they get a word concerning their circumstance. But when any truth they hear releases the fulfillment of freedom no matter where they are. Why? I'm about to say something that might make you cringe because God's agenda isn't to help you overcome your circumstance. You know that that ain't his highest priority right now. Matter of fact, it ain't even priority to help you overcome your circumstance. His priority is to help you overcome the world. See, this, we missed the whole thing. He, he is not prioritizing you, giving you victory over what you're facing right now. His priority is giving you victory over the world. Therefore, he's using that circumstance, hopefully, to help you figure out that no matter what the circumstance, if God be... F- God's agenda isn't to empower us to overcome our situation. He wants to empower us to overcome the world. We're thinking way too small. We're thinking way too small. And that's why we end up fighting battle after battle. 1 John 5 and 4 proves my point. For whatsoever is born of God does not overcome their financial struggle. Whatsoever is born of God does not overcome their marital challenge. Whatsoever is born of God does not overcome feeling depressed. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith... God is not interested in us overcoming our current circumstance, but overcoming the entire world system of circumstances. God, oh, glory. God is just trying to use the current circumstance to teach us that he's faithful through all circumstances to graduate the focus of our life from circumstance to seeking. God, he's trying to graduate the focus of our life from circumstance to seeking. Y'all miss what I just said, seeking. He's trying to graduate our life, y'all still ain't got it, from circumstance to seeking. C-S-E-E, King, K-I-N-G. He's trying to graduate our lives from circumstance to seeking to seeing a king which cannot be seen. I need somebody in here that recognizes God wants to give. It's about seeking, not your circumstance. Can I prove it to you? 
Can I prove it to you? The reason why you're busted and defeated is because you're circumstance focused instead of seek focus. If you were seek focused, you would be getting the victory instead of your tail handed to you. Watch this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27. Watch this. Watch this. Look at this. Hebrews 11, verse 27. We, we already looked at this last week. Hebrews 11, verse 27. Look, 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 look. It says here, by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing what? The wrath of the king, for he endured. Why? As seeing him. He did not see his, his problem being fixed. He did not see him coming through. He saw him in seeing him who is invisible. We get victory over what we see. We overcome the world we see. We endure through what we see by see king by seeking the one who what can't be seen in other words what I'm trying to tell you people of God is our pursuit of a person is what makes us more than conquerors do you understand what I'm saying it's our see king our seeking to see the king that empowers us to overcome the world those that believe on Jesus have the witness of the water within them which causes them to live every time they hear truth even if that truth is seemingly disconnected from their circumstance they could be in a family issue they could be in a financial issue they could be in a physical challenge but when they hear truth they are encouraged they are strengthened they are refreshed they are invigorated by the truth separate from unsolved circumstance what I need you to understand is the reason why God ain't preaching on your topic is because he's trying to to say I want you to ask can I get a witness I need somebody in here that's ready to finally ask for the witness of the water that even if stuff ain't right at home if you give me truth at church I shall live and not die to declare the works of the Lord even if it don't work right God can I get a witness I want to be able to bless the Lord with all my soul when I hear ever tell your neighbor can I get a witness I want a witness within me how do I know I've overcome the world because I respond to truth that ain't got nothing to do with a situation in it I live by a truth completely outside of the circumstance of this world I have overcome the world Do you understand what overcome the world means? It means get over the world. Right. I might not never have the business. Get over it. Get over it. I, I, I always wanted to be a millionaire. Get over it. Amen. Overcome the world. There's only one way you do that. A pursuit of a greater passion. You think you in love? My God, see Jesus. 
all it God, all it takes is one glimpse of him. All it takes is for you to come eye to eye with the Lord one time. And in 20 seconds, God can dismantle everything you've been bound by for 45 years. It don't take a Bible study. It don't take a class. It don't take a baptismal pool. All it takes is one moment with the king. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying? All it takes is one encounter with God. And you recognize everything that you thought that you loved. He opened up a well of love so much deeper, a passion so much deeper. You actually think I, I you actually think I don't do nothing, but I actually travel every day. I travel into the dimensions of God. I travel into the heights, the lengths, the widths, and the depths of the love of God. I see new lands every day. I hear new words every day. I don't know whether in the body or out of the body, but all I know is every day I get caught up in the spirit and I begin to hear voices that declare what I preach over the pulpit. What I need you to understand is there's a pursuit that's greater. There's a pursuit that's greater. Can I get a witness? See, your desire needs to say, can I get that witness? Can I get, come on, come on. I want that on the inside of me. Glory be to God. Some things came up. Some things came up. And see, me and, my, me and Lady Mirror, we were going to leave for this weekend. And I called her. I was like, look, if you don't want to go, we didn't got to go. Some things came up. And we were going to go anyway. But I'm fine if we don't go. You know what I'm saying? And I know my wife is fine if we don't go. Because even if we don't go, we're leaving. You actually just think I'm hey, you just think I'm hanging out in that office, man. I'm getting a ticket, and I'm getting on a plane, and I'm flying places, and I'm seeing the glories of God, and He's taking me into places and saying, "This is what I'm gonna do for your people. This is who I'm gonna raise up. This is who I'm going to anoint. This is who I'm gonna release breakthrough. This is who I'm gonna save. This is what I'm gonna do in the house. I need somebody here that recognizes." There's a greater pursuit. There's nothing that's seen can grab your heart like an unseen God. Nothing. Watch this. So, that witness of the water is evidence that you've overcome the world. But the water that I shall give you shall be in you a well of water. Y'all see that? Springing up into everlasting life. The true worshiper shall worship me in spirit and in truth for the father seeketh such to worship him. The true worshiper is the worshiper that worships everywhere. The, tr the true worshiper is the worshiper that worships everywhere they are in the world because they have overcome the world through the living water of the witness within them. No matter the outlook they're worshiping, no matter what the diagnosis they're worshiping, no matter what the financial situation they're worshiping, no matter the pain in their body, I might not be able to talk as loud as I normally do, and I might not be able to walk like I normally walk, but with a limp, I'm gonna tell them thank you. Even if I can't lift my hands all the way up, I'm gonna bless his name. My head is hurting, so I can't say thank you as loud as I normally do. But I'm sick because I've overcome the world. 
True worshipers don't have to seek God because God seeks them. Y'all know that, right? True worshipers don't have to seek God, not because they don't seek God. They are people who never stop seeking God. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. He who is always seeking God will always have God seeking him. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. When I seek God everywhere, I find out he's everywhere. I'm going to say that again. When I seek God everywhere, I find out he's everywhere. I now get a revelation of what only a lot, most people know intellectually, that he's omnipresent. That he's everywhere all at the same time. I get the psalmist revelation. Though I make my bed in hell, y'all ain't hear me, I find out that he's there. If I gain the wings of a dove and I fly in heaven, the same God that was with me in heaven is the same God that was with me in hell, the same God, the same God that I killed 400 prophets with is the same God that sent a dirty bird to feed me. Though I make my, no matter where I go, when I acknowledge him everywhere, I see him everywhere. Why don't you see God where you are? Because you acknowledge him where you are. Amen? So, so, now look at this. I want to show you something. And I'll change some corners. Everybody say, can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I get a witness? I don't care. One thing that you can do, yesterday, flat out tired. I was so tired coming home yesterday. I almost didn't go out and work. I was like, man, I'm, I'm tired. But I said, well, I'm going to go ahead, just push myself through. Because I've seen God bless me on the other side of my fatigue when I don't allow my fatigue to tell me what to do. Amen. You will be surprised how many things you miss when you allow your fatigue to tell you what to do. I don't obey my fatigue, so I went on ahead and went out anyway. Went to something. No business came through. I delivered some policies, you know, uh, so forth and so on. And I was on my way home, and I was dirt tired. I even told my wife. I called her about 12 o'clock. Called her about 12 o'clock, and I told her. I said, you know. You know, I'm calling in. She's the boss. I'm like, <laughs> I called her. I said, is it okay if I come home today? I don't feel like working because I just feel bad because I know it's my responsibility to provide for my family. So I needed my boss to tell me I could stop working. <laughs> I just, because I, I, I want to provide and I, I want to be accountable. And I want to, you, you see what I'm saying? So if I'm going to do it, I need her to understand, look, because I told you I was going to be working. So I'm going to be accountable for what I said to you. Is it okay if I don't work? It's not because I'm a punk. It's because I honor my commitment. Amen. Amen. I honor my commitment. And so she said, oh, well, is they going to have an appointment? It's, it's like 1.30. It's at 5 o'clock. Is they going, you already there? You think they might buy? I don't know. They might buy. You go ahead and stay. <laughs> Thanks, bae. Go ahead and stay. So I stayed until 5 o'clock. Dirt tired. Didn't nothing go through. On my way home from Dillon. And I decide, and I'm like, man, when I get home, I'm just going to go to sleep, right? When I get home, I'm just going to go to sleep. Man, I mess around and put the word in and put the headphones on. By the time I got home, 
I'm jumping in my Timberland boots. I'm putting on my jeans. I'm changing clothes, jumping on, uh, on the cart, taking my boys to baseball. Then I go to the grocery store after baseball, and I buy groceries. Not only do I buy groceries, I cook. Not only do I cook at the end of the day, I spend time with my children. What happened in between the time I was just going to go home? I mess around and heard truth. My God. Something in me quickened, and I'm here to tell you when you're tired, put on a word. I'm here to tell you when you feel like giving up, put on a word. It is life. It is strength. My wife is my witness. I would have came home and slept had I not heard a word. But I messed around and heard that word and a witness kicked up in my belly and I called, glory be to God. I need somebody in here that'll say, can I get a witness? give you so tired because you don't know how to worship. Worship is like it'll be a well in you springing up into heaven. You're tired too much. You don't worship. You can't worship and be tired. You can't hear the word and be tired. There ain't no way in the world you listening to. You might be listening to truth but you ain't hearing it because you can't finish listening to truth and be tired after you finish. My God, I jumped out that, I rolled from Dylan, I jumped out that car like Superman. Bam! What you need me to do? Kandiba. I'm a bad boy, don't mess with me when I'm, a, you mess around and preach, y'all think I'm playing. When somebody get on this pulpit and they preaching for real, I will do turbo, I'll get on my head and spin around. I'll do the tick, I'll, I'll do the worm. I just, it just drives me crazy because it's just life in me. I can't, I don't know about you, but if I was preaching to me, I would be running up here smacking me upside the head. You can't preach me like this. It's life. It's life. Get a word at the end of the day. Get a word. And you'll wake up the witness. You'll wake up a witness. How, how can some people do ten times more as other people and still have more energy than those other people? Obviously, they tapped into a life source other people aren't tapping into. I need somebody to ask, can I get a witness? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26. Look at this. So, so powerful. Verse 26. Look at this. Whose voice. Hebrews 12, verse 26. This is such a profound revelation. Whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying, yet once more, I shall, I shake not the earth only, but also what? Man, that's so powerful. If it, and this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of the things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Now watch this. The Hebrew writer, first of all, communicates to us that God's voice 
shook the earth. Now, I talked about the shaking last week, but I'm going to deal with it from a different perspective, yet and still in line with truth. God's voice shook the earth. Why did God's voice shake the earth? To remove those things that can be shaken or to remove those things which are made or better to remove those things which are made up. To remove that that ain't real. Why can you can't remove something that's eternal? The only thing you can remove is that which was made up. Everybody found what I'm saying? He shook the earth to remove those things which were made up. Can I help you understand something before I go on? Lust is made up. It ain't real. Perversion is made up. It ain't real. Y'all know that, right? Divorce is made up. It ain't real. Depression is made up. It ain't real. All of those things we see will one day never be seen again. And if I treat what's made up like it's going to last forever, I'll lose forever living in what's made up. I'm going to shake the heaven and the earth to remove everything that is made. So now God in the Old Testament with his voice, everybody say voice. With his voice shook the earth to remove those things that were made up to break his people from the bondage of living in made up things. You empower the liar when you believe the lie. It it, it ain't true, true to you. Ain't that right? How many of you empowered the man when he told you he loved you? He was lying, but to you it was real. And vice versa. Amen? So watch this. The Hebrew writer goes on to say, Yet once more I shake not earth only, but also heaven with my voice to remove that which can be moved or is made up. In the Old Testament, God's voice shook just earth. In the New Testament and under the New Covenant, He shakes heaven and earth with his voice to remove things that are made. What is that telling us? There's some things in heaven that are made up. Therefore, again, I should read it. I shake heaven and earth to remove those things which are made. Heaven and earth. What is that telling us? That's telling us, now this is where we got to catch it and where the body got to hear it. We've, as a church, put some things in heaven that don't belong in heaven. The church have. Our reasoning. Intellectualism. We have placed the American dream in heaven. Y'all know that, right? If you make it, you debt free, you got a good car, a nice house, then you God, you, God has given you everything he wanted to give you. We place the American dream in heaven. We place dining in heaven. We place luxurious living in heaven. We place working to build a sense of security where we can be comfortable and live at ease in the earth. We've placed that in heaven and said that's what heaven wants to give us. Am I telling the truth right now? I ain't got nothing wrong with any of those things, but that's not in heaven. Glory be to God. So, so worst of all, what have we placed in heaven? The worst thing that we've placed in heaven, glory be to God, is circumstances. Circumstantial preaching. We 
have placed circumstantial preaching in heaven, God is going to give you your breakthrough. God is going to turn it around. God is going to change it. It ain't over yet. You almost lost your mind, but God going to keep you another week. We have placed circumstantial preaching in heaven that helps people overcome their circumstance, but never qualifies them to overcome the world. Please hear what I'm saying. Circumstantial preaching isn't in heaven. Only God. Do y'all hear me? You're going to make it through the week ain't in heaven. Heaven is saying you're going to make it the rest of your life. You, you ain't going to. Uh, I almost lost my mind ain't in heaven. In, in heaven it's you have the mind of Christ. I almost died ain't in heaven. In heaven you shall live and not die. It's too hard to live right ain't in heaven. I just got to keep it real. No, you are holy and righteous and completely obedient. Is it? Stop trying to put that in heaven. That is not in heaven. That word ain't in heaven. Ain't nobody in heaven almost lose their mind? Ain't nobody in heaven almost give up on everything? Thy will be done on earth as it is. So, watch this. And this is so key. There are many things that the church has placed in heaven that are made up, amen, that must be moved. Why? Because people think when they are getting circumstantial preaching, they are getting something from heaven. So God is raising up voices that can shake up the established order of the church to shake it up as we know it so we can conceive overcomers again. I want you to know that if you're a voice being raised up in this house, you are a voice that's going to shake up the establishment. You're a voice that's going to shake up the order. You're a voice that's going to challenge status quo. You're a voice that's going to challenge, glory be to God, what we've called spirit that's actually flesh. God chooses to shake heaven and earth with his voice. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. So he has to find some, my sheep know my and a stranger they won't follow. God has to find a voice that carries his voice uh, that can begin to preach, to shake up stuff in heaven, to, to shake it up until some stuff begins to fall that don't belong in heaven. We all slip up every now and again, don't belong in heaven. We all got an issue, don't belong in heaven. We all got something we doing, we ain't got no, don't belong. God has to shake up the order. Until you stop thinking you can put that in heaven and you'll st so you can actually overcome the world. Why can you overcome the world? Because you were before you were born into it. That's why you must be born again. You do not overcome the world by fighting it. You overcome the world by recovering who you were. Amen? So we can never overcome the world. Watch this in which we have confused what is the image and what's supposed to reflect that image. We can never confuse the image and what's supposed to reflect the image. Thy will be done on earth as it is in, not thy will be done in heaven as it is on earth. We cannot look at earth and say, well, that's what heaven is like. Now we're taking the glory of an incorruptible God and making it that of corruptible man. Y'all understand that? We can never look at earth. I, I see what I want now. Obviously, that's what heaven want to give me. You can never use what you see with your eyes and your desire. God does not want to make all your dreams come true. 
God, I know I get kicked out of most churches. He is not here to make your dreams come true. He is not here to give you all, everything you want out of life so you can live it up before you leave. He is not, that is not his agenda. He is not concerned with that. That will be done on earth as it is what? In heaven. Right? So, so, so now, now watch this. This is so, 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 so powerful. So we got to overcome. Amen? So we got to overcome. We got to overcome what? The world. We got to overcome the world because the, the father of lies was a liar from the beginning. He sinned from the, he tells you your beginning was sin. The reason why so many people think they can't stop sinning because they think their beginning was sin. But before you were born in your, formed in your mother's womb, you had a beginning. Amen? And my initial beginning trumps my beginning that really wasn't mine. Amen? Now watch this. I'm going to show you a couple things. And I'm going to close. Everybody say, can I get a witness? We need a witness. We need a witness. We need a witness. Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. Matter of fact, verse number 12. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our what? Faith. Right? God is not trying to give get you to use faith to get the world. He's trying to get you to use faith to cause heaven on earth. He's not trying to get you faith so you can get everything you want in earth. Amen? Faith isn't to, to get the world. Faith is to come out of it while still living in it. Amen? Everybody following what I'm saying? Revelation 3 verse 12. Watch this. It's so powerful. Him that overcometh, everybody say overcome, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. The first thing we got to answer is, is that a promise after death or before? Is that a promise while we're still on earth or after we leave? I believe that's the promise we get while we're on earth to the angel of the church. Amen? Why? What's the purpose of the church? The church is to conceive the kingdom. Ultimately, when we go back to the kingdom, there will be no churches. The church was to overcome the gates of hell. Amen? But ultimately, there'll be a new heaven and a new earth, the kingdom of God. Amen? Don't get it twisted. Ain't going to be no Baptist church. Glory be to God. There's not going to be any teachings on faith. Why do we have faith? To believe to see the king. Guess what we're going to be doing? Seeing the king. Amen. Now watch this. And so, 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 so check this out. It's so, so powerful. Um, him that overcometh what? What is it that he, he that overcometh? He shall first of all be made a pillar because I want to deal with that pillar. But I, I need to go back to verse number 10 to help you understand that of the Revelation 3. Him that overcometh what? Him that overcometh what? Him that overcometh what? Verse number 10 of Revelation 3. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of 
which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. We're called to overcome dwelling upon the earth. We're called to overcome dwelling upon the earth. The world dwells, they focus on, they place all their energy, intellect, and desire on accomplishing and obtaining and building something in the world. Is that true? Those who overcome dwelling on the world will be kept from the hour of temptation. A lot of people say that means, glory be to God, that we'll be taken before the tribulation starts. Me personally, I don't want to even argue about whether you, pre I don't don't believe that all the believers will be taken before the tribulation because some will be garments will be made white through be dying in the tribulation glory be to God I don't believe in that because how in the world can he come back for a church that's overcome the devil that when the devil rises up at his highest form he snatches us out because we're scared of him a lot of people want to be raptured because they're scared of the devil it's getting bad. I can't wait for God to get us out of here. Didn't he tell you, don't you worry about the hour nor the time when the Father shall come. As for you, you shall be endued with power from on high to be a witness. Can I get a witness? You're supposed to be being a witness of a people that have overcome the world. Amen? So, 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 so now... I hate to say it, it's going to get worse. He ain't going to snatch us. There was already 22 school shootings this year, this school year. Guess what? It's going to be worse, and we're still going to be here. Right? The terrorist attacks we're seeing in other countries eventually are going to be here. Guess what? It's going to get worse, and we're still going to be here. Amen? He said there'll be wars and rumors of wars. Pestilence in different areas. There's going to be new diseases that just eat folks up while they're walking. They're just going to be losing hands while they're walking down the street because there's going to be bacteria and pestilence that just eat folk flesh. It's already happening. Y'all looking at me like just all y'all do is read a little bit. That's already happening. There's new stuff. They can't even figure it out. It's just eating folks up. Amen. There'll be wars and rumors of wars. Kingdom rising against kingdom. You got the whole Russia thing. You got the whole North Korea thing. You got the Hezbollah thing, the Iran thing, the Israel thing. You got all these things. And he says, after all this, just know the end is not yet. This got to be the end because they shooting up everybody. This got to be the end because everybody fight. He said, that ain't the end. Guess what? He ain't coming because that ain't the end. Then he says this, this will be the evidence of the end. And this gospel of the kingdom, God, God is going to raise up some people that in the midst of all that turmoil say God is getting the victory. In the midst of all that turmoil saying that God is the Savior and he is crushing in the enemy under our feet. He is the blessed and only wise God. He is your only hope of salvation. He is your strength in the valley. He is your bright and morning star. He is your rose of Sharon. How can you keep it together when the world is falling apart because I've over overcome the world. Come and let me show you how to walk this life of overcoming the world. What happens when there is no money? What you going to do? Lose your mind? 
Or you're one of the spurs. I'm going to invest in gold. And I'm just going to save a whole bunch of gold. And I'm going to put a whole bunch of food underground so somebody can knock you upside the head and take it all. <laughs> we be thinking of some flesh make you real intelligent. Obviously, that ain't going to work. Amen. There has to be a people that have overcome the world, that have overcome the world to the degree that even if we're no longer living in houses, that we have to be out in the woods cooking squirrels, that we're around the tree saying, if two or three gather in his name, he's in the midst of us and we're blessing his Y'all hear what I'm saying? He'll keep us from the hour of temptation. I don't, that, I don't believe that that means he's going to keep us from experiencing the temptation of the world, but we won't be tempted by the destruction of the world because we've already come out of the world that everybody thought was going to last forever. Yeah. Everybody following what I'm saying? So watch this. 1 John chapter 5, verse number 4. we got to do another series on Revelation. 1 John chapter 5. Revelation is not a scary book. If you're an overcomer, that's your favorite book. That's the book where we finally get what we've been running after our entire life that we ain't seen yet. It's not a scary book. 1 John chapter 5, verse number 4. Watch this. This, for whatsoever is born of God, let me see. I might want something else. Y'all give me one minute. Can I get one minute? Amen. Okay, I think that's, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Which, which scripture is the scripture, this is, this is the victory that overcometh the world? That's the one? Y'all pray for me. I didn't see that. It was there the whole time. God Almighty, help me, Lord. This is the victory that overcometh the world. Watch this. Even our faith. Faith is a means by which we overcome the world, not get as much as it, as we can. can I, faith is a means by which we overcome the world, not get as much of it as we can. Does that mean we ain't going to have nothing? No. I have stuff, amen, but the stuff ain't got me. I've already been taken by a man. Glory be to God. I ain't living for no car, I promise you. And my wife even asked me one day, don't you ever, she looked at me, she said, don't you ever just want to take your new car and just ride it? Just take it out and drive it somewhere you ain't going nowhere. And I'm looking at her like, no, I got to go pray. Unless I just get to do it in a new car. The car ain't changing my agenda. It ain't changing how I spend my time. I didn't get it to show people, so I ain't going to just ride around so people can see me. I could care less what you think. I didn't do it for that either. Amen? And so she just, she's like, every now and again, Jeremiah, can you be normal? <laughs> These folks are like just riding around in your new car, okay? <laughs> I love her too for that. 
First John, watch this, First John chapter 5, verse number 4. Look at this. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Faith is a means by which we overcome the world, not get as much of it as we can. Now, now this, I want to point this out. First of all, him that overcometh, the Bible says Jesus will make a pillar in the temple of the Father, and that person that Jesus makes a pillar will never go out of the temple again. Jesus will make the overcomer a pillar in the temple of God, and that person will never come out of the temple again. How in the world can a person be made a pillar? See, I'm trying to help you understand something. Is Jesus promising us that we'll never move again? We're just going to be a pillar just standing there like that. The natural mind can't grab it, but when you begin to have a renewed mind, no, 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 no. This promise connects to God making us glorious. We're people who are pillars in the temple that never leave the temple that doesn't mean we never leave church that means the glory we experience in the church leaves with us wherever we are we're a pillar in the temple so if you mess around and get too close to me at IGA I am a pillar in the temple that can never leave and the same glory that fell on Wednesday night if you mess around and get next to me at the milk in the milk section you might experience Experience that same glory. We're a pillar that can never leave the temple, although we're going to leave the church. We're a pillar that can never leave the church, although we're going to leave the church. The same glory in church, the same anointing in church, the same spirit of God in church, the same power in church. Stop trying to get people to come to church and just get close to them because God is going to make you a pillar, yes, Lord, in the temple. I never forget a time when we were just tapped in. There are times where you're so tapped into God that 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 you you begin to reflect back and realize times where God used you in expressions, small expressions of this. Me and my wife, we've worked together our whole life. We went to school together. We taught school. We taught in the same school on the same hallway. She was four doors down from me. People couldn't stand it. Glory be to God because we got along so good. We you know we worked together, lived together, went to school together, and we still. We'll see each other, hey, honey, hey, boo-boo. You know, we're still doing all that. And other folks are like, oh, we can't stand the merits. <laughs> right? We can't stand the merits. But, you, you know, and, and one day we were just in the glory. We, God was just moving so. And there was a woman who had a heel issue. She wasn't even a believer, a strong believer that went to church every week. She wasn't. She had a heel issue, something wrong with her heel that actually had had medical attention. Me and my wife were in the room with her. My wife got close to her and walked by. When my wife walked by her, she said, oh, my God. Now, this is, this is what she said, and she don't even go to church every week. She said, when you got close to me, my heel got healed. Did she not say that? She said, when you got close to me, my heel got healed. The pain left as soon as you walked by me. And my wife had healed this woman without even knowing she had healed this woman because of the glory that was in here. What I'm telling you is God wants to make you a pillar. Yes, Lord, in the house of his God. You're about to start delivering folks by proximity and not just prayer. You're just going to get closer. God said, start getting close to the leper. Start getting closer. Start getting close to the rape victim. Start getting close. Start getting close to the gangster. You ain't got to say nothing, but you're a pillar in the house of God. Oh, glory be to God. And
You're a pillar in the house of God. You're a pillar in the house of God. We were in Timmonsville one time, and I got a witness in here. We were in Timmonsville one time, and I dealt with offense, and I had an altar call, and literally about 15 people all at the same time began to have demons come out of them without me laying hands as they got close because there are times and moments where you're so engaged with a God that you can't see that he writes pillar on you and anybody that gets close to your person while you are operating as a pillar will be touched by the glory that's on God said I want to make you a pillar in the house of my God and you never leave although you're going to leave in other words you no longer come to the house the house follows you wherever you are heaven is amen Watch this. So, so man, I got some testimonies. I could tell you some supernatural things, but they've never happened. They've only happened in seasons. They've never happened as lifestyle until now. Not, you know why God said, I'm only going to let you do it by yourself for so long. Because if I let you do it by yourself too long, you're going to be exalted above measure. So now your challenge, now your assignment, Jeremiah, is to make sure you usher in a people with that glory on their life. Watch this. Watch this. The assignment is different now. God doesn't want any lone rangers. He wants a people that are clothed in glory together. So that it don't even matter if I sit next to Marcus or I hold Brian's baby. There's going to be folks that get delivered by <laughs> I'm, I'm just want to hold your baby and I mess around and got a breakthrough because she's clothed. When there's a glory on your people, there's a reason why God says when you, he said, look, blow the trumpet, call the fast, come between the porch and the altar, call the, the women, call the babies and the sucklings. He said, I don't care if they're still sucking on the breast, bring them in my presence. Why? Because obviously God can put his presence, y'all ain't hearing me, he can put his presence on them and use. So watch this. After Jesus makes the overcomer a pillar, he begins to write names on him. There are names that are, are reserved only for those who are not moved. Notice he says pillar first and then names. He doesn't start writing names until he first makes them pillars. Because there's certain things you don't qualify to have written on you until you're no longer moved. Why does things keep on coming to move me? Because God is trying to make you a pillar. Because he's ready to write some stuff on us. Amen. So Jesus writes three names on those who are pillars. Watch this. He writes the name of his God. Number one. The name of the city of his God. New Jerusalem. And his own new name. He got a name besides Jesus. Ain't that something? He writes three names on those who are made a pillar. The name of his God, the name of the city of his God, New Jerusalem, and Jesus' new name. Amen? So, now watch this. The number three, what does the number three mean? The number three speaks of all, A-L-L. -L. 
everything. The number three speaks of all everything. It is the all of God in nature, his father, the son, and what? The Holy Spirit. For God to write all three names on the overcomer was for God to declare, I'm giving you all of me. Did y'all hear what I just said? He didn't just write one name. He wrote three. He wrote the father's name. He wrote the new Jerusalem's name, and he wrote the new name of the son. So number one, the father's name, or my God's name, my authority, all of my authority seen in the name of God written on you. All of my presence, because New Jerusalem is the place where he remains. All of my presence uh, uh, in the name of the city of God written on you. And all of the new name of my son, all of the rights of sonship. Come on, the earth is waiting in earnest expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. Do you understand that Hawaii is waiting for a son to tell it to stop having lava explosions? Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying? Do you understand that California is waiting for somebody to command it to stop having earthquakes? The earth knows it's doing stuff it ain't supposed to be doing. Just waiting for sons to be revealed. Amen? So watch this. God, this is so key. This is so key. God places a city's name on the overcomer. Y'all see that? He said, and I'll place the city. Put that scripture back up. Uh, he, he placed the city of the God, New Jerusalem. God places a city's name on the overcomer. Why? That person or those people become that place. He writes the name of the New Jerusalem on those people because those people are that place. Come on, am, am I going to write the name Darlington on Darlington unless Darlington is Darlington? Do I write the name of Colorado on Colorado unless when I get there, that's Colorado? In other words, we won't just see, this is where we got to go kingdom. Now, this is where we're going to challenge. We won't just see the new Jerusalem one day. We're called to be the new Jerusalem now. We won't just see the new Jerusalem one day. We're called to be the new Jerusalem now. To experience the new Jerusalem that will come down from heaven, you can come in the midst of an overcoming community of believers who have that name of that city written on them. Y'all following what I'm saying? I will write upon him the name of the city of my God. So when they come into contact with you, they can experience that city. How do I know New Jerusalem is coming down from heaven? Because every time I get around those people, I experience New Jerusalem. How do I know that there's a kingdom coming down? Because every time I get in the midst of those people, that I feel that kingdom. There's something about me that tells me that there has to be a place. Even though I don't see it. This is the key. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to his people. Do you understand what I just said ain't for everybody? I'm going to say that again. It is not for everybody. It is not for everybody listening. It's for those who will hear. Y'all know that, right? Amen. You got to overcome the world if you want to be the new Jerusalem. You can't want the world and be the thing the world can run to. Watch this. 
And I'm just going to I'm going to share this. There's a lot more I want to share, but I know, amen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, amen, how long I've been preaching? 110? All right. I'm just going to show this last one. I, I ain't going to go into this. I promise you, I'm going to do it next time because I don't want you to miss it. I want to be able to build your stamina to here at, to, uh, at a greater measure where we can gift some more, but I don't want stuff to drop on the ground either. John chapter 4, I'm, I'm going to say this. First John chapter 4, because, um, hold on. First John chapter 4, verse number 2. And I'm not going to teach this. I'm just going to read this one because I, I need you all to understand it goes back to confession. What did we talk about last uh, Sunday? Confession that gives us good report, right? Our confession, saying confession, uh, confess homos, uh, same Lego language, saying the same thing. Um, logo speaking, saying the same thing. Now watch this. It says something so key in 1 John chapter number 4. It says, um, let's go to verse number 1. It says here, and I'm closing. Beloved, do what? Believe not every what? But try the spirits whether they are of Because many false prophets are going out into the Hereby we know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that do what? Confess it. Say the same thing as. Almost like it's the same word. Confess it that Jesus has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. But it don't stop there. In other words, what you say is not just what you say, it's actually a confession. What happens when I stop, when I start understanding, I'm not just saying what I'm thinking, I'm actually confessing something, some spirit's ideology. What happens when I'm no longer making decisions, but I'm making decisions based on a spirit's ideology? What happens when I'm saying is what I'm saying because I'm actually confessing something that I can't see, a spirit that's influencing what I say. Hereby know ye the spirit, every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, every spirit that does is of God, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is not just a random something I said, a random, no, this is the spirit of the Antichrist. I know you thought the Antichrist was Damien and, you know, 666, so forth and so on, but it's when I say what God didn't say as if it is real. It's my confession. Am I saying the same thing God said, or am I saying something else but saying God is backing it? Right? Everybody that confesses, everybody that has the Spirit of God confesses that Jesus came in the flesh. Not that Jesus came as a man one day. That ain't what they're talking about, that Jesus came in you. Why don't we like to confess that? Because that, then that means God doesn't help me with sin. I have sinlessness in me. Well, why, why am I still sinning? It's the difference between saying Jesus is helping me, which the Antichrist does, and the difference between saying Jesus lives in me, which the Spirit of Christ says. 
it's a, one separates me from God and says I need his help. The other one says me and God are one. Amen? People are much more comfortable saying God is helping them than saying God lives in them. Y'all understand what I'm saying? That's the spirit of the Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist doesn't deny Jesus. He just makes Jesus separate from themselves. Everybody following what I'm saying? It's your confession. Man, we all got our struggles. That's the spirit of the Antichrist. Because you have separated yourself from Christ who doesn't struggle but got victory over everything. Amen? Everybody following what I'm saying? All right, now I'm closing. John, 1 John chapter 4, verse number 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is what? They are of the, therefore speaketh they of the world, and the world does what? Hear them. Verse 6, key verse. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know the spirit of and the spirit of the world hears their own. Man, we all got our struggles. We all do stuff we ain't got no business. If you're of the world, you're going to jump up and say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I thought I was on, you know. But those of God understand that he that is born of God cannot sin. Because his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin because he is born of. As the Lord is, so am I in this world. If you don't confess that, if you're saying something besides that, you're confessing something from a spirit besides God's spirit. Which may, is the spirit of the Antichrist. Y'all know that, right? We're all talking about a leader when we are helping his po political reign all the time. We are actually helping him run for president with our own confession that ain't God's word. Guess what? Everybody ain't supposed to hear me. Y'all know that, right? And if everybody hears me, then I'm a false prophet. The only ones that can hear me can hear truth. Y'all know that, right? And if you talking right, the only ones that's going to hear you at some point are going to be those that can hear truth. How do you know the spirit of truth from the spirit of error based off of the people who listen and those that don't? The question is, is what I'm saying true? It's like, dog, yeah, it is. Well, why aren't you listening? So you got to ask, I'm going to say that again. The question is, is it true? Now, if it's not true, you could. But if it is, why aren't you listening? It's quiet and it should be. Because now that takes the focus off of what you're blaming, who you're blaming, and brings it right smack back to who it needs to be. And look at your own heart. I don't want everybody to hear my preaching. I only want those who want truth. Because my prayer is, is that God will sanctify my tongue and I'll never preach anything but it. Are you an overcomer?
Can you get over the fact that most people don't want to hear what you listen to every week? Are you an overcomer? Or do you actually think population dictates legitimacy? Do you actually think that when 100,000 people run to hear something, that's proof that it was God because so many people wanted to hear it? When God says the only ones that really hear what I got to say are those who hear truth. 10,000 pack out to hear about their circumstance. And we say it's God. 25 people show up for truth. And we say that can't be God. My prayer tonight is, is that there would be a great measure of sobering on our heart and yet celebration. Our God reigns. People, in, people of God, from the youngest to the oldest, I need you to understand something in here today. God wants to give us a witness. There is opportunity to receive a witness in this place right now. Father, we just thank you. And we bless you right now. For this opportunity of this invitation into this grace called witness. We thank you for the opportunity on tonight to receive living water. That our life isn't dictated by circumstance, but you graduate our life to seeking you, seeking you. Thank you that on tonight that there has been an announcement that we're free. We're free from the bondage of trying to figure out how to fix what we're fighting. And we're free to focus on the one who already solved every issue we haven't seen yet. God, I thank you for a witness inside your people that their life is bigger than solving one problem after the next. But you've called us into a, into a pursuit of seeking you with all of our heart, all of our mind, soul, and strength. And I thank you today that there's grace by the declaration of the word of God to say yes. Lord God, you said, you told us seek your face and our answer is thy face. Shall we seek? I thank you that every chain and shackle placed on us by, 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 by living off of circumstantial preaching. God has broken off right now. I think that there's liberty. I break the influence of the Antichrist spirit. I break the influence of the Antichrist spirit right now. I, I break the I call us in to an ear to hear your voice alone. I call us into a sheepfold, a sheepfold that hears your voice, and a stranger we will not follow.
I thank you for the glory of God today. I thank you that, that for our confession. Uh, restore the confession of your people. Restore. We are not of the world. Restore the confession of your people. We are strangers and pilgrims passing through. Restore the confession of your people. We are pillars in the house of our God. Restore the confession of your people. We receive a white stone with a new name. Restore the confession of your people. We love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Restore the confession of your people. We have victory over sin. Restore the confession of your people. We love not the world, nor the things of this world. Restore the confession of your people. These signs follow us because we believe. We, we lay hands on sick and they recover. We cast out devils. The Spirit of the Lord that God is upon us, restore the confession of your people. We are not a people seeking simple success, but we want the glorious. We want to be 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 glorious. God, I thank you. I thank you. God, I thank you that you place a hedge of protection around this precious seat fold. And that we are pillars in the house of our God. Thank you that you've written on us the name of your God, the name of the city of your God, and your new name. I thank you for a feeding that only makes us hungrier. I thank you that what we just got did not satisfy us, but only made us hungrier. I thank you for a hunger and thirst for righteousness, even at a greater measure. God, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, bless them. Just bless them. Just bless them. Bless them. Father, we just thank you for Come on, ain't God good? Come on, ain't he good, man? God is so good. God is so good. Come on, God is so good. Can I remind you, you are not what you call. I, you are not what the devil called you. You are not what your friends called you. You are not what your feelings call you. You have a name. And God has never changed it. I'm going to deal with next week the church of Sardis and the blotting out of a name and why that happens. Amen. Because the Bible talks about that they didn't overcome and their, so their name will be blotted out. See, if you don't overcome, your name will be blotted out. You know that, right? 
If you never claim, if you never answer to what God calls you, if you never claim your name, God will have to erase it. <laughs> A blotted out name is an unclaimed identity because you refuse to believe what God said you are. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I'm going to deal with that next week in the Church of Sardis. We bless the Lord. Put your hands together one more time.